a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys uh, that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living, which is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. Now, for those of us old enough to remember, uh, one of the most iconic television commercials uh, ever produced aired in the 80s uh, for, uh, for Fabergé Organic Shampoo in which Heather Locklear, so further dates this a little bit here, talked about how after trying this awesome shampoo, uh, which was, uh, for those that don't remember, it was made with pure wheat germ oil and honey, uh, she told two friends, and they told two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, now, for younger listeners here of MANA, uh, you maybe saw that commercial uh, parodied years later in Wayne's World, um, and if you're too young for Wayne's World, then you're just going to have to trust us that this this actually was a bit. <laughs> and it will, for those that remember either of those, it'll now stick in your head for the rest of the day. Um, but I bring it up because it really speaks to the power of testimony and how effective a personal invitation can be in spreading something worth spreading. Okay, now. Not exactly sure where wheat germ shampoo fits into that, but when we're talking about faith, personal testimony really is is at the heart of it. I mean, that, uh, that was the whole Jesus premise was, all right, guys, let's go. And uh, and today's guest really, really embodies that. Uh, in fact, uh, you could say it's how we met. Uh, in a way, uh, this guest today was my Heather Locklear. Okay, uh, and we will discuss that later. And I'll make that connection uh, shortly because I'm sure, as our guest is on the other line end of the line, he's thinking, "Okay, I've never been compared to Heather Locklear." <laughs> so we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but he is a he's a busy man uh, at at work, uh, at work in his own community, and doing God's work in far reaching communities on mission trips, which we'll also be uh, be chatting about. Uh, he's a devoted husband, hoopster and father of three equally busy teenagers, and I am really excited for you to meet today's Mana Man, Mr. Brian Bovee. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jeff. That was a kind introduction, and like you said, I don't think I've ever been compared to Heather Locklear before, so <laughs> that was fun. Exactly. Well, so let's get let's 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 get this Heather Locklear analogy out of the way uh, for for any of our and uh, rightly so very confused listeners. So here's the deal. So so um, for those that have been listening to Mana, uh, first of all, thank you. But if you remember back way back in season one, one of the first uh, Mana um, guests that we had was a guy named Todd Johnson, and Todd Johnson. Uh, was really and and all the men that we've that we've been blessed to have on Mana have been so uh, just selfishly influential to me, which is why I'm so excited for you all to meet them. But of all the guys, when I think about you know my own personal faith journey, Todd was, and I said this uh, during his episode, Todd was really like Todd's my original man of man. Todd was the guy who really helped me really step into my faith. And and I was very blessed, you know, to have a whole life where, you know, Jesus was always part of it. But Todd was the guy who, he was my spark plug. He was kind of my animator. 
And so, Brian, you, um, at, 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 in Todd's own words, of all of Todd's wonderful friends that he's accrued over, over his lifetime, Todd cites you. You were the guy who, uh, and, and Todd says it much more poetically than I ever could. He speaks about you as you were the guy who extended the hand to me to step out of the boat which is a, just a wonderful reference to Matthew 14, uh, uh, verse 29, where, 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 you know, Jesus is walking on water. He extends the hand to Peter. Peter comes out and it's just, I love it so much. And, and, and uh, so anyway, so, you, so if not for you, okay, doing that for Todd, so, so that you're the Heather Locklear, okay? So you told two friends, <laughs> to <laughs> two friends yep. and then so on and so on and so on. So down then many, well, however many years later, I end up with Todd Johnson sitting at Starbucks and that's happening to me. And so, but you were the root, okay? So if not for you, if not for your Heather Locklear, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no Jeff Peterson in here with Mana. So anyway, long way of saying thank you for that. But, and that's kind of where I want to start, um, you know, and we're going to, just because we both love Todd so much, I kind of want to start with the Todd story, not, not, not specifically because, you know, all of our listeners know Todd, but I, th- I'd love you to explain, and then we'll back up and we'll talk about childhood and all that kind of stuff. But it's such a, it is such a, a strong example of the power of personal testimony. I'd love you to, if you can dial back in your, in your, in your, in your, in your brain, how did it start with Todd? and kind of almost like a case study, you know what I mean? Like how did it, and, and again, for listeners, we're not, we're not digging into, you know, the Brian and Todd story so much as we are just kind of trying to understand how it happened and how we might be able to, you know, pick up some lessons from it and maybe apply it in our own lives. So take us back to, to, to you and Todd circa whatever, and, and however this sort of happened between, uh, for Todd. Well, what I love about this conversation is that, you know, God gives us glimpses, but we never really have the whole picture. And what's interesting is you are, you're saying I'm a ripple effect of what God has done uh, through this story of Todd and I's lives intersecting. But actually, there's a precursor to that, which is, you know, before I really became a follower of Christ, Todd and I, so to back up a second, Todd and I knew each other uh, because we were both and still are financial advisors. Uh, we both started with Ameriprise and we both office together back in, uh, in, in New Brighton, Minnesota. And so Todd and I knew each other from, that's how we met. Um, but we weren't really, we were friends, but not really close friends. And in my faith journey, as I came to Christ, one of the pivotal moments for me was I was afraid and this is why I love your ministry, Jeff, like men need men of faith. Mm. Um, we need to surround ourselves with people who have courage and are, are amazing men of faith. And when I decided to commit my life to Christ, one of the thoughts in my head at that time was, look at Todd Johnson. And I'm not elevating Todd. Keep that in mind, right? Todd is a sinner just like the rest of us. So yeah. to the listeners, you know, keep that in mind. But what I'm saying is I looked at him and said, listen. He's a successful business guy. He's happily married. He's a good father. Um, he's an athlete and a competitor. Um, he's a successful guy and he's relevant. So why am I so fearful that if I commit my life to Christ, I have to be something less than that? Mm-hmm. So when I, when I gave my life, when I truly surrendered my life to Christ, and we can get into that, you know, if you want later, but 
Todd was one of the reasons that I, I got out of the boat. Mm. Isn't that interesting? That is so, so, so I got out of the boat, uh, because of Todd's example. And it mm. truly was, he was a huge influence in me doing that. So now fast forward, my, my faith journey accelerates and God is just doing amazing things and just revealing himself to me. And I'm, I'm getting into his word and I'm, I'm just connecting with him through worship. And it's just amazing. Like that was that, that love story, those first years of, of really, truly following Christ are just amazing. Well, through that, I end up going on a missions trip through my church to Ensenada, Mexico. And, and Jeff, there are amazing God stories just on that first trip that I could yeah. share. But for time's sake, <laughs> getting to your question, what happened was, is I went and had an amazing trip. And when I came back, I was so wrecked by what I experienced. And in the industry I'm in where I deal with wealthy people, I'm just like, I need to get more people to Mexico so God can wreck their hearts yeah. for compassion. And for three years, and this is God's divine plan, for three years, I tried to get people to go with me and no one would go. I failed miserably, mm. which again, just shows you God's timing, right? He wasn't yeah. ready because what he was doing is he was preparing my brother Todd's heart yeah. to say yes. Yeah. So long story short, at some point, Todd and I connected for a lunch. I told him about the missions trip. The Holy Spirit just moved in Todd. And Todd said, you know what? I need to get out of my comfort zone. And so I said, I love it. Let's do it. And he said, what do we need? And I said, all we really need is maybe 10 other guys or something like that. That's all we need. And that's how it all started. So what, how did you get like who? So how, how did you make the leap? Uh, initially into the whole mission thing? I mean, so you said it was through your church, but was there somebody who, who brought you into that? Or was that something that you just thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot? Well, and again, God, God stories are when we're open and we humble ourselves and we try to obey. It's that simple, Jeff. I mean, that's the thing for men. We, we are doers. We're planners. We're, we think we've got to map it all out. No, we don't obey, just pray and obey. And, but what happened was um, so my wife, who is fluent in Spanish, she, she majored in Spanish in college. She had lived overseas for a little bit and taught English as a second language. Um, so when we got involved at our church, she was uh, trying to find ways to connect. And she saw this missions trip to Mexico. And um, so she asked me, we had three very young kids and our kids are very close together. So the three of them, so in age, um, I think there's three years between my oldest and my, my baby. So you could do the math there. In fact, the last <laughs> two, they call them Irish twins because they're 13 <laughs> yeah. months apart. But uh, anyway, she just said, hey, Brian, I, I, I kind of feeling led to go on this missions trip because I can use my Spanish. And so I said, absolutely, I'll, I'll take care of the home front and you know, I will uh, man the ship and you can, you can go and, and, and do that work. Well, as God would orchestrate uh, at the very end of their planning, this group through our church, a couple of the men had to drop off and they needed some more bodies. And this is physical work. So they do, you know, we do want a number of men there for the heavy lifting type stuff. And, and um, so they asked, the people on the team, is there anyone that could have a spouse or, you know, brother or something, friend come? 
And so Charlotte asked, she's like, well, are you willing to do it? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, obviously we have, let's get childcare uh, covered first. And <laughs> they're, then they're uh, quite old enough to stay home alone. <laughs> or, or, or totem with, right. But yeah, so right. Uh, she got her mom to commit to watching the kids. And I said, let's do it. So, um, so that's, I mean, I wasn't even planning on going and then, but, but Charlotte, my wife was an influencer. She's the first yes. And I give her credit when people ask about this testimony I say she was really, people like to give me credit. She's the first yes. Yeah. With, and, and that just shows everyone how important their yeses are. You never, you know, Charlotte has been on the trip many times. She's involved in our, our family that we call the Bovi team. And, um, but her yes was the most important one because it was the first one. And even, you can even back that up and say Mark Quas, who is the guy that started the missions in our church his yes was important. Mm -hmm. And then you could go back to Sean Lambert, who is the guy that started Homes of Hope. So we, we have to remember that we're not going to see the whole picture. That's why I love the way this podcast started is because you thought you had a glimpse of what the start of this looked like. And God's just like, no, Jeff, it goes back further than that. So yeah. Yeah. It's just inspiring when you get, yeah. when God gives us those glimpses, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I love, I love, I love hearing about the influence of, of Charlotte in this whole endeavor as well. I, I feel like, you know, and, and it, you know, it, there are so many things that, that, that are uh, string together the, the guys that we've had on MANA and uh, in, in terms of what they have in common, even though they come from various walks of life and da, 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 da. <clears throat> but I'll tell you, you know, uh, having strong uh, marriages and strong women behind these men is something that is just so it's, it's persistent. And I, and I love, um, you know, I, I can't remember where I heard it years ago, but, um, could have been somebody like Chris Costeltz or something like that saying that, you know, when you get married, your primary job is to get your spouse into heaven. Like that's it. That's your job. And that's her job. <laughs> and yeah. I love, I love that the origins of, of such a really, um, kind of foundational now for you and your family and, and the people like Todd and everybody else that, cause this trip has now swelled. I mean, I know, I know a group just got back. I mean, it's, it's, it's grown from the initial, like trying to find at least 10 guys to like flesh it out. I mean, it's up to how many, how many people just came back from the last one? Well, there was 30 and that, that really is a, is a branch so from the okay. original group. So there, there's probably four branches now of trips that aren't, quote, the Bovi team. By the way, I want to get this off. When I say the Bovi team, the name came the first year we went. There was 12 of us. And the plan was just to go once. That was, that was the plan. It was just a submission. Yep, we're going. Todd wanted to get out of his comfort zone. Let's go. Mm -hmm. The last night of the first trip, the 12 men looked at me and said, when are we going next year? <laughs> and so the first year though, when we were going, there was usually it's like a church or it's a business or it's a, a association or a group that's going and the name of the team would be associated with that. So they oh, might okay. say Target or they might say Horizons Church. Sure. Well, we were a bunch of vagabonds. We were 12 guys <laughs> from all over the place. So they're like, what do you, what do you want to be called? And so Todd's just like, let's just do the Bovi team, not thinking that this would become what it has. And so yeah. I'm almost embarrassed that it, I, at this, I'm proud and embarrassed. I, yeah. the, 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 the trip doesn't deserve a better name than my family name, mm -hmm. but I am so proud <clears throat> that yeah. it does have it. Yeah. So I, I just want 
people to understand i didn't name the trip the bovi <laughs> exactly. you know that's no, but I, that's I, what I, we've been come to know as right so. right right no and I, I i love the humility behind it and i do actually um appreciate the 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 legacy of it because i do think the story part of the power in it and you know and and todd's been bugging me to go on this trip too and, and part of the power in it um is in the story of it and so i actually I, I, I love, I love the name of it, but let's go, let's go back then. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the Brian Bovey growing up. I mean, so, so did you, did you ever imagine, I'm guessing no, I'm guessing most of us would say no. If we rewound the tape all the way back to growing up, you know, you're a kid, you're growing up in the Bovey household. What was, or maybe it was, maybe, maybe your folks were out doing mission work or whatever, but what was it like growing up and what role was faith playing at those really, really early stages just with the family? And then how do you, how do you go from, from where you started from where you are now? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a real brief version. So I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, youngest of six kids. My father was a police officer in St. Paul. My mom was a a homemaker at home. And, um, I had a, a, a tremendous family foundation, um, loving marriage, uh, you know, siblings that got along. In fact, we, all of us still do together. We live in the twin city. So just an amazing family foundation on top of that. Um, I grew up in a Catholic home, uh, and, and so faith was a part of our family. Um, I will say that not as relational, as probably like your family or Todd's family today, but more, you know, a little bit more, um, uh, you know, just uh, uh, going to church on Sundays and, and stuff like that, but having that foundation of faith. On top of that, I went to Catholic school from grade school, high school through college. So I was always getting that foundation and I always believed in God and in Jesus as the son of God and the way to salvation. But what was lacking in my heart was the humility uh, and really the wisdom to have a true surrender and a relationship with Jesus. And so um, in my high school and college years and early adult years, there was a rebellion in my heart because I truly hadn't surrendered. And because of that, I mean, when you're in that place, God has great plans for all of us, but he's also a gentleman. He's not going to force yeah, us. And right. so, um, you know, and, and giving you the Cliff Notes version of my testimony, because of that, wanting to be the king of my castle and sit on my own throne, God just let me sit in my mess. And, I, and the mess got bigger and bigger until I finally got to my knees. And once I came to my knees and submitted my life to Christ, from that moment on, really, like his, the things he's done in and through my family, my life have just been awe-inspiring. And I, no, I've never, Jeff, I've never planned any of that. You know, I'm kind of a type A person. I'm a go-getter. I'm a leader, I think, you know, so I, I did think, you know, in some aspects that would be a part of my life, but I could have never mapped out all of the amazing things that he has done since I submitted my life to Christ. Yeah. It's just been an amazing ride. So did the submission though, did it, did it, um, and not, not that everything has to be some big, you know, heavens opening lightning kind of a moment, epiphany kind of a thing, but, but what, um, cause I would love to just understand it. Like, you know, was it, was it kind of the, um, 
you know, kind of the frog in, in, in the water, you know, it's like the, the heat just keeps getting turned up. And then all of a sudden it realizes like, oh my gosh, like it's actually boiling. <laughs> or like, was there like an event? Was there a moment? Was there something where you did feel like, okay, all right, this, it's time. Well, you know, the thing is, is uh, the mess of my life. It's not, and it, here's the thing. It's not a glamorous story. It's one that I'm honestly in this stage of my life embarrassed about other than the fact that God gets glory through it. Yeah. And, and God's glory is that he's able to take that and redeem it and then do amazing things with it. And that's, that's the truth of God. So if there are men out there, maybe that are, are at that moment where they haven't surrendered and they think, gosh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Listen, so the, the pivot point, and again, this could be a long story, so I'm going to keep it cliff notes. But the pivot point was I actually had an affair um, on my wife and um, it got discovered. And literally my wife and at the time, two kids were hanging in the balance. And I literally got to the point where I, I, I was at a why in the road, which way was I going to go? Was I going to destroy my marriage and get divorced and, you know, do that whole route? Or was I going to fight for my marriage and try to make it work and, and, and do that? And when you're in that moment, I mean, in, in, in the, hum, in, it was humiliating. I mean, yeah. I know, I, you know, people can be emboldened by saying, Hey, I want to be happy. And that's why I'm doing it. But in reality, it's, it's, it's really a humiliating point. And I was literally the smallest I ever felt in my life at that moment. And I went to a church on a Sunday, was the first time um, at, our, at our church called Horizons Church. And um, it was the first time I listened to the, the sermon. It was the first time that I ever truly felt God speaking to me, not audibly, yeah. but what he said is, you need to go talk to Jimmy, who was our senior pastor. And so I, I, after that, I obeyed, I, I li literally called him up and said, Hey, Jimmy, I, I know you don't know me, but I got to tell you what's going on in my life. And I just feel like God's telling me to talk to you. And I went and we sat down for two hours and that was the pivot point from right there. Wow. He spoke truth to me. Um, he loved on me. He prayed over me and I started, you know, just that, that was the pivot point. So wow. it's, it's an embarrassing story. But I'm, I'm glad to share it because God gets the glory through it because totally. he deserves the glory. Without, without my surrender, if I would have stayed in my selfishness, Jeff, I'd probably be on my fifth marriage by now. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. So right. um, it's, an, you know, God is good and, and I'm so thankful for that moment. So good. And, I, and, and so thank you for sharing that. I had no idea. And, and, but I agree, Brian. I think what, you know, and even, and even, um, you know, uh, notions of, of embarrassment and whatever, you know, that's all, it, it, it would be embarrassing if not for, if not for God, uh, it, it, because then when we are faced with our own mess, with no, um, with no sort of, uh, divine resolution possible, then all we have is the mess. Okay. All we have is our own vanity. And I love how you said, uh, you know, God is a gentleman. Okay. And we all know that, you know, one of the blessings that God gave gives all of us is free will. Yep. Uh, but sometimes that free will, it can suck and get oh. to a point, you know what I mean? Where, 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 you know, you get to a point like you did and, but, 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 and the beauty of your story is that, you know, yeah, he's a gentleman and he's waiting for you to open the door. But as soon as that door opens, just a, just a crack, 
just in little bit. It's like, it's just this outpouring. Yeah. And what's amazing too is, is, you know, again, the steps that you can't see that are about to happen because, um, everything that transpired from there, when I look back, like my love for Jesus is so deep because, because my sin is so great. I mean, one of the things, so God, even in that has given me a blessing because I, I worship him with a true heart because I know I didn't deserve the salvation that I've gotten. Yeah. And so the richness of my worship and my love for him is deep because of now, if I could go back, would I change at all? 1000% I would. Yeah. But my point is, is that even in that God has blessed me because of the richness of my worship and my love for him, which is one of the reasons it's really, it's really easy for me to submit and obey mm -hmm. is because I truly love him. And I'm so thankful that when I deserve to go get hung on that cross for all the horrible things that I did, that he said, Brian, nope, I'm doing this for you. You, you stay there. I've got plans for you, but I'm going to go take the weight of your sin. And so that's why Good Friday, you know, my family watches the passion on Good Friday. It's a yeah. tradition we have. And like I ball the whole time because it's a reminder of the price that God paid yeah. uh, to change and transform my life for the better. And so, yeah. um, so it, again, for those that maybe are struggling and have done things in the past that they're embarrassed about, like God redeems that. Not only, not only does he redeem it, but he'll use that to create a love for him that is so rich. Cause Todd has even said to me at times, he's like, dude, I'm like, I'm jealous of your testimony. Not, and yeah. take that for, you know, that's kind of him and I talking as buddies, not like yeah, he'd want right. that to happen yeah. in his life, but he's like, your testimony is so powerful. And yeah. I, and, and so is his, like, it's like the prodigal son and, and the brother that's done, totally. you know, everything right. And Jesus says to the older brother, he's like, Hey, everything I have is yours. That's what Jesus said to the older brother that was doing everything right. He's like, mm. I love you. And everything I have is yours, but we have a right to celebrate because your brother was lost. Now he's found, he's dead totally. and now he's alive. So yeah. no matter what side you're on, like God yeah. is good. Well, and, and, and God is so, there's never any, um, delay, you know? And, and so like when, when you were ready, when it, all of us, you know, have come to the points in our lives where we're finally able to, and it's a struggle every day, but when we're finally able to submit and, 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 and just surrender it, God also, what I love so much is it's, it's, it's not only unconditional love, but it's unconditional speed. You know, there's no, there's not a waiting period. There's not like a, well, okay, let's make sure that you're really ready. It's like, no, like if you're in, then he's in, you know? And, yep. and, uh, I love that without question, just like that father in the, in the story of the prodigal son, it's like, he didn't, you know, he didn't have the son come in and all right, let's talk about what you've been doing the last, you know, you know, yep. a few months here. It's like, nope, you're home. That's it. That's all I need to know. And as long as you're home, then, then let's go. So I just, oh, what a, what a, what a wonderful, I mean, a painful, um, but, but grace filled story. And I also, I agree, Brian, I, you know, when, when we realize that we don't deserve, we don't deserve any of it, um, but we get all of it uh, when we're open is just so, so strong.
Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we might need it. We might need a uh, Brian Bovee episode number two. Okay. We might have to have a sequel here just to keep talking, but, but I do want to, I want to, I want to segue a little bit here um, into our, uh, what we kind of call our fun segment, uh, which is a, uh, a standard uh, portion of our, of our uh, humble little show here where we ask the same three questions of every guest and, uh, and we get some great, great sort of illumination and, and answers. So, uh, so we'll, uh, the only thing I don't love about this segment is the name. Uh, it still struggles with this uh, wonky little fun segment uh, label. So, but regardless, let's jump in. So, so fun segment question number one. If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day, how are you going to spend your day with Jesus? Ooh, that, I like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I would honestly just want to listen and talk with him. Um, but what, what I wouldn't want is that to be limited to me. If, if he could come back for that and he can do anything he wants, but if he came back for that, like I would probably throw a Jesus party <laughs> and I would, I would have everyone that I know and love and neighbors and anyone just listen, I would fill up the U S bank stadium and uh, I would ask for a front row seat. I know that that's the flesh in me, yeah. but I would just want to be able to hear him speak and to ask him questions and just learn from him. Um, you know, that, that to me would be a divine day with my savior uh yeah i'd love that no no sense keeping them to yourself let's get everybody there i love it um all right fun segment question number two if you could go to church with any other guy uh living or dead famous or not um you know i was like say you don't even have to have have known this man the only requirement of this question is it has to be a guy okay who are you going to go to church with There's lots of ways I could go with this, but I am going to go with just because of the weight of today's world. um, If you're saying that that church visit would create some sort of powerful connection with that man, I would say President Biden. Hmm. And the reason is, is that when you look at all of the problems in today's world and today's culture, really the solution is Jesus. Um, And I, I know that seems cliche, and but man, when you dig into it, man, if you dig into that, he truly is the answers to the problems in our world and in our culture. So I would want the leader of our country, the most powerful person in the world, based on our current you know, status of power in the world, I would want that person to come with me and for God to wreck their heart so that the yeah. filter by which they're making these important decisions starts with... Um, you know, God's view. And that, yeah. that's what I would want. So. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm reading, uh, um, I was telling you before we started today, I'm reading this, this book, um, fulfillment of all desires. And it's basically a guidebook on how to be a saint. And St. Bernard is one that, um, I was not familiar with at all, but he has a, he has a passage, um, in this book from St. Bernard that basically says, and I'm going to hack this, but, but, but basically St. Bernard got to a point where he, couldn't see anything in life without that lens of Jesus. Like everything he saw had to go through this lens of Christ um, in order for it to be, to have meaning. And, um, 
and I, I, I'm making a connection to what you just said there, where it's like, it's like, you know, that it is the answer, you know? And so whether it's, you know, politics or business or relationships, I mean, and said another way, glass half empty way, um, without it, it's, it's, it is meaningless. You know what I mean? So, so it's kind of like you either look at it from the, the positive of like, let's make it mean something, or you look at it at the negative, like without it, well, then it's just, it's just vapid and temporary and just kind of depressing, you know? So. And here's the thing. God has revealed to me over time that his word, the scripture is the ultimate wisdom and that his way and his, his path is the best path doesn't mean that there's not going to be suffering or bad outcomes in our mind. But in the end, he has shown me he always has a greater plan. And that's why I can submit to it is because even when it doesn't look like I think it should look like, you know, I know he's going to come through because he's proven it to me time and time again. Mm -hmm. But to the men out there, the only way you're going to get that revelation is if you submit. And if you give him the opportunity to show up, and so that, you know, it, he's not going to show himself first and then, and then you can submit, you have to submit. And through that, he will prove his faithfulness. But, but that's why to me, that that's the answer, ultimate wisdom and his plan is the best plan. So if we have someone that's, that's leading this world that is centered in that things are going to be good. Yeah, that's great. All right, last question, last fun segment question. Number three, uh, if you could, and I know, I know at least one of your uh, kids is, 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 would fit into this uh, uh, um, age range here and, and, uh, and, and zone here. But if you could give advice to a younger man, um, a younger, you know, kind of think of like a teenager, about, um, about growing up uh, confident in faith and being, um, you know, try to try to catch uh, try to catch them a little bit further upstream than old guys like you and I who came yep. to it a little bit later in life. What would be that advice that you'd give uh, somebody younger? Well, and again, this is why I, I love your ministry, and Todd and I have a passion about serving men, and in the same way you do, because um, men men of faith are failing, uh, I think, in greater rates today than than they have in in past generations, but. The way I say it to like my son, Charlie, is a 16 year old or my son, Evan, who's a, a, a 14 year old. Um, I basically say is, you know, God has wired men uniquely. Uh, we believe that. And, and, you know, you look at what do we do? We, we go out and we compete in sports and we want to be the best athlete on that playing field. Uh, we get a job and we want to be the CEO of that company. I say to my son, and, and to young men, listen, if you're going to take that passion into your athletics, into your academics, into your uh, career path, um, even like, I mean, guys are dumb. We like puff our chest and try to find the cutest girl, whatever it is. We have that. That's who we are. But then we get to our faith and we want to be meager. We're weak. We're afraid to hold our hands up. We're afraid to speak boldly. We're afraid to uh, take on missions trips. Um, why is that? Why, mm. why is the only area of our life where we want to be meager, our faith? Mm. And so I just say, challenge yourself to not let that happen yeah. and to take the same tenacity that you take into the other areas of your life in the faith and maybe even more. Because 
I tell them, in my, from my personal experience, the place you're going to be rewarded the most for that tenacity is not in your career. It's not in your academics. It's not in your athletics. All of that fades away. But with your faith, God will reward that in just incredible, incredible ways. Yeah. Wow. That's just, that's so fantastic. I just, oh, couldn't agree more and, and just wonderful. So I thank you so much, uh, uh, Brian Bovey, my, uh, my personal Heather Locklear in all the <laughs> right ways. Uh, thank you so much for being uh, here today and for sharing just so much stuff for us to, 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 to pray on, to reflect on, to bring into our own experiences. And uh, you really have just blessed us. So I really want to thank you for being here. Thanks, Jeff. It was truly my pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.